Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchev. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. We dig deep on this show. We've been doing this show since 2017, and we care about content, commerce, communication, and community. We believe that all businesses need to be digital first, especially brick and mortar businesses. And we believe that all businesses are in the hospitality business. We also believe in the power of community and the power of giving back, and more importantly, asking for help. Uh, today, we have a very special guest, and her name is Jen Heidinger. Kendrick, and she is the founder, co-founder of Giving Kitchen, the CEO. Uh, I've learned recently about this nonprofit organization. I am so excited for what they do, and I'm so excited to have her on because this is the essence of why we do this show is is giving back. So, Jen, welcome, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, Sean, thank you so much. I absolutely love in your intro, you open the door to asking for help. That is so important, and it's something that we talk about all of the time. Um, and I will say, as much as I would love that CEO title, I get to just say, I am Giving Kitchen's founder. We do wow. have an executive director, um, Brian Schroeder, and an incredible team. We're about 40 people strong now. Um, but I won't take that CEO title. I'm going to give it to somebody else. Okay. I'll just I'll be the proud founder. We're going to talk about that. Have you? Were you the CEO at one point? I have never been our CEO. Okay. I've always been our founder, our co-founder, our spokesperson. I did at one point oversee our marketing communications team and our development and fundraising team in the course of our 10 years. Giving Kitchen has grown so much and so fast, especially over the last few years. So I have worn many hats. Um, but today, my title is really, you can call me our founder. You can even call me our chief gratitude officer, if you will. Um, I do work very closely with our executive director and our development team and whatnot but as our founder and our spokesperson. I would love for you to set set the stage, uh, give us the, the elevator pitch so that our community knows who you are. And then we're going to dig much deeper into it. The, the thing that I love about podcasts and about the show that we do is, you know, we get, if we're lucky, we build a business and we get a legacy media opportunity and you get a couple minutes on a TV station to right. share your story. This allows us to go much deeper, but give us, give us who, who is Giving Kitchen and, and how do you help our industry? Absolutely. So at our core, we are a nonprofit helping food service workers in crisis. And what's really beautiful about our origin is really how it was started. Um, I was married to a chef. So it's my late chef husband. It's really the story about his legacy and what happened during his uh, terminal cancer diagnosis back in December of 2012, when we find out when we found out about his terminal cancer diagnosis. Ryan was a highly well-respected, admired, and beloved chef here in Atlanta. And um, that cancer diagnosis really just um, was a pivotal life-changing moment in our lives. Not that cancer was new by any means, but the fact that what happened after that diagnosis within our Atlanta community is really what changed, um, I think, opportunity for food service workers more holistically. Um, when that diagnosis happened, our community, business leaders, mentors, friends, and family, they really rallied behind us in such a powerful way. And it was those leaders in food service, oftentimes known as competitors within food service, who came together, put on a food benefit, a fundraising benefit, a tasting benefit um, for he and I. And what was supposed to raise, you know, a $15,000, $20,000 goal ended up raising almost $300,000. Wow. For he and I in one single night. And it it's really amazing because it was those immediate leaders 
um, in business and in food here in Atlanta um, that honestly shaped, you know, the the guidance and the support and, and initial boundaries uh, for what is Giving Kitchen today, really giving us a, a powerful foundation to stand on and really pushed us years ahead of where we could have ever been as a nonprofit in the beginning. Um, and that really to us in, in our mind is, I think we're one of, you know, Atlanta's greatest um, ideas, um, but that's not all we want to be. We want to be the best at, you know, helping food service workers in crisis across the country. Hey everyone, uh, Avi Gorin, CEO and co-founder of Marquee. And I want to talk about the customer journey for a second. You never know as a restaurant owner where your guests are truly coming from. End of the day, we do see some patterns around two types of search behaviors, direct versus discovery. Direct search, for an example, would be jumping into Google and saying Cali barbecue hours, right? I know where I want to go to eat, but I'm missing a key detail. I need a little bit more information. Discovery, which is the bulk of searches, is barbecue in San Diego, restaurants near me, takeout near me, right? One of the best ways to be found for more discovery searches is leveraging keywords. Reviews are basically free content for you to leverage. Think about keywords that are relevant to your brand, your location, and include as many of those in your review responses as possible, right? How can you go about doing this? Let's set up reports, utilize tools like Google Trends, find out what's going on in your area and how you can help leverage these keywords and review responses because someone else is doing that, right? If you need some examples, you could do anything from including summer menu, gluten-free menu, um, leverage specific menu items like the dreaded and beloved spice pumpkin anything in your review responses, right? Let them know what's coming. Let your reviewers know something they should come back and try. And of course, if all of this just seems overwhelming and daunting because you're already running a, a restaurant and have enough on your plate, just leverage the team at Marquee to do this for you. We handle all of this. We're experts in this space. We can automate this. So it's just another item that you know you are taking care of. Again, that's marquee.com, M-A-R-Q-I-I, M-A-R-Q-I-I.com. Know you. However, we did recently buy M-A-R-Q-U-I-I.com. So if you do misspell it, we got you. You'll still find us. We can still help you. We started talking about asking for help. It's something that we believe deeply and it's something my grandfather taught me it's one of the hardest lessons as a man that I'm still learning to this day how to ask for help um, and all the different things that we're trying to accomplish you know it's stay curious get involved ask for help ask for help is core to your mission and we're in the hospitality business which I think makes it even more difficult in my perspective from the leaders that I talk to we we give so much that very rarely are we good at taking care, you know, putting the oxygen mask on ourselves and asking for help. How do you educate our industry and how do you have you built this this incredible willingness for people to be vulnerable and to ask for help in times of crisis? You know, I, I think it's all, you know, led by example in anything we do, right? You know, from a giving kitchen perspective and at least what we offer to food service workers, 
Um, we'll start a little bit on the ground level. We offer two core things and we do two things exceptionally well, I think, at Giving Kitchen. One is we offer financial aid uh, to food service workers categorized as anybody in restaurants, con um, concessions, catering, food trucks, um, bars, tap rooms, food trucks. Um, if there is a crisis like a um, somebody gets hurt, somebody gets sick, somebody loses a family member in death, there's a housing disaster like a flood or fire, Giving Kitchen can help pay the rent, the mortgage, the living expenses, help pay the bills so a food service worker can make sure they've got the roof over their head, the water stays running, they can put food in the refrigerator because we'll make sure that their bills are paid, right? Another special opportunity that we provide, and I think this is all about building trust in community because that's how it really you know, levels up, is that we offer um, it, what we call stability network resources. So it's connections, warm referrals and connections um, to community resources all over the country. We actually have a partnership with Unite Us, so we can make sure that we're answering the call for anybody across all 50 states, whether it's something they need help with from housing and utilities to mental health or uh, physical health and wellness opportunities, um, family and social services, anything that a food service worker might not be aware of and just needs help being connected to, that's where we step in and, and can help. And we talk a lot about asking for help because, again, I think as you said, you know, this is a community of service-minded and service-driven individuals. They show up to work to serve others. Yeah. It just makes perfect sense that we would give back to those who are allowing us to come around a table and enjoy in celebration and in mourning and in community and in whatever that might be. Um, this is really about giving back to an industry that has not been necessarily looked at as a dignity, a dignity driven industry, but really should be. Um, and when we talk about asks for help, you, me, most people, I absolutely raised my hand as someone who said I didn't need help. I, I did it when Ryan was still alive and we said, oh, no, you know, we, we're fine. We'll figure this out. And at the moment that we let that wall break and we said, okay, you can help, was the moment that the, our lives changed. And it was the moment that an agency that now has helped over 15,500 food service workers changing lives. And I'm not, and so what I will say is that I'm a big proponent and an advocate for saying it's okay. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to not be okay. Um, and I think just doing that um, and telling that story and the story of thousands of others is really what opens the gate for for others to come to us um, and know that we'll be here to to help. I I read something um, from Ryan that you put in your LinkedIn bio that says anything worthwhile takes time and complete surrender. Uh -huh. What was the surrender point? Forgive oh, me. I love that you asked that. That is my absolute favorite line. I use it all the time. Um, yeah, he said anything long lasting or worthwhile takes time and complete surrender. He actually um, had the opportunity to speak um, in public in June of 2013 um, to hundreds of people here in Atlanta. And that was something that he pulled from. And it was really about acceptance on a journey um, that you're going to be able to get the most out of something when you completely surrender to it. His perspective was he was able to absorb the most, the largest tidal wave of love and support you could really ever imagine. Um, and the way that he showed grace during his own, you know, cancer battle um, was really about that surrender. And I think from my perspective, you know, moving through it and moving forward uh, with it is that 
giving, allowing, you know, it, it just that. I think it's being able to just really allow everything to come to you, but you have to completely surrender to it and let it and let it happen. Let it be a part of your journey. Do you remember the foundations of building this nonprofit organization? Because going from an idea and an event to actually structurally forming and surrendering, it you're surrendering and you're going all in. You're burning the boats at the same time. Um, where this idea now looking back at what you've built, there was obviously had to have been fear of, of, of what are we going to do and, and is it going to work? The results are in National Restaurant Association show, Kyle and Sarah and myself. We were at the Davos sales tax booth and we were polling restaurant owners on the floor. This was a very unscientific poll, but the results are resounding. Restaurant owners do not like sales tax. Nobody likes sales tax. Doesn't matter what business owner you are, small business, big business, Davo automates the sales tax process. We are so grateful that Davo is the sponsor of this show. They automate sales tax at our Cali barbecue restaurants. It is $50 a month. It integrates with all the major point of sale partners, including Toast. So if you want to sleep at night, if you want to not worry about sales tax, Go to Davo, check them out, Davo Sales Tax. Uh, let us know how they're helping automate your sales tax in your restaurant so that we can share your Davo story on digital hospitality. Yeah, and and I will say, you know, being a, a founder or co-founder does, does mean that we had a lot of support and help. So Giving Kitchen really was founded based off amazing leadership here in Atlanta with many founding board members. Um, you know, we we hired our, our first executive director about a year in. We're, our executive director today has taken Giving Kitchen from still just serving inside Metro Atlanta food service workers to now being able to say we have a national presence and we're, we're serving anybody across the country with his leadership. Um, I think being able to, when, when Giving Kitchen first started, we were able to take from the playbook of Home Depot's Homer Fund it's one of the largest nation, the nation's largest employee assistance programs. Okay. Um, and so th when I speak about those leaders in Atlanta, I'm I'm talking about national leaders too. Um, and we were able to take a little bit of their playbook on how they do um, their financial assistance um, within their company and turn that into something that would be reflective of the food service industry. Um, since then, we have continued to receive amazing guidance and support from um, and, and, and via trial and error um, and us honestly picking up the phones and listening to what food service workers need in their times of, of crisis is really what has um, given us all of that foundational data. Um, because we are, we're almost 11 years old, we're 10 and a half years old now, and we've learned quite a lot. When you look at the asks for help, when they submit the story of the need that they mm -hmm. have, what's the through line that you've come to, to realize of the things that you've done in the past, and then now what you're planning to do into the future? I think that's a great question, because it really talks a lot about where we were, um, and those who maybe have heard about Giving Kitchen from the past and really where we are today and our very lofty goals of the future. Um, Pre-pandemic, so three years ago, less even for what I'm about to say, we we call it a case to close. So the time a client, a Giving Kitchen a food service worker comes to Giving Kitchen and asks for help, we have an online form that they it's required for them to fill out. A food service worker will give us their statement of need. So what happened to them? Tell us about what's going on. It gets, um, that's an automatic form and it gets uh, passed to our case managers. Um, these are, you know, clinically trained social workers 
Um, we have stability network and financial assistance case managers. We have a multilingual call center. We have, um, we've partnered with an interpretation service so can answer the phone in over 180 languages. Um, but that, that statement of need will get passed through our case managers. They will review it. Um, again, like I said, around pandemic time, around pre-pandemic, pre uh, that case to close time was 45 days. Not horrible. A month and a half, received some help. We've been able to get that down to about 10. So when you think about when somebody's actually in crisis, and especially knowing the data that we know over 10 years, that crisis is today. The crisis is yesterday, right? Um, so being able to have that uh, case to close just significantly um, be shifted in, in a positive way um, has been tremendous for Giving Kitchen and, and the food service worker who's receiving that aid. When we're facing stories like um, evictions, uh, we can basically most of the time make sure that the rent and utilities are paid um, within 24 hours. So when you talk about that and you talk about technology and infrastructure and, and, and hiring and making sure that we're just the most well-rounded agency we can be, um, you know, leaps and strides different over the past two and a half years um, compared to where we are now. Do you have a story in the last 10 years of a difficult time for Giving Kitchen? I... I Smile to that because, you know, I'll start with a few statistical numbers. Since our inception, Giving Kitchen has helped over 15,500 food service workers. Wow. That's just the individual. Amazing. Also track um, the household members that are in each home. Over 50% of the households we, we serve have two plus children in the household, wow. plus additional household members. So when you consider that, that number is many, many more thousands. Um, we know that 76% of the clients that we serve will say that we help prevent an eviction. 82% of the clients that we serve will say that we were able to prevent them from skipping a meal. Um, so the stories are, are they're A, they're very real. These are house fires. These are children or parents, car accidents, cancer diagnoses, broken bones, um, name it and it's happened. Honestly, um, every story is real, and there absolutely have been many stories that have brought our team or our, um, and for those who are willing to share their story, have brought you know our teams or our donors to tears. That brings up a a great topic for discussion for me is that storytelling is so important, and a lot of the work that we do at Cali Barbecue Media is helping other brands tell their stories through their customers. You're in a unique position where some of those stories are sensitive. How do you find the right stories and how do you respect the people that you're helping to also help propel the mission forward? Yeah, I, you know, we are ex exceptionally serious about our work. I will say that this is, this is as business as business comes also. Um, confidentiality is at, at the utmost. Um, so everything is confidential until the client says it's okay to publish something. So it's not until the end, um, meaning after they may, they have received help in either stability net, you know, re cases or resource referrals or financial aid that they say, I want to share my story. We have countless pull quotes. We have countless, I was just on, we use Slack here at Giving Kitchen and was just checking um, monthly, we have our data analyst. Um, he sends out just, I mean, a small portion of what we would have just seen for the past month. And there's like over 30 or 40, um, you know, one or two liners of gratitude from clients that just come in day after day after day. 
I mean, on average, we're seeing around 1,100, gosh, I'm trying to think here. I think last month we saw like 1,100 plus ask for helps come in. That's wow. that's huge for us. I mean, when you look at Giving Kitchen just a few years ago, we were receiving like 60 asks for help a week. We're at hundreds a week now. Wow. Um, so yes, from a story perspective, we we know that it is imperative to do what we say we're doing, share appropriately the impactful stories. Um, and it's just this really beautiful cycle of when we do really good work, then I think that trust in the community strengthens. Um, you know, donors feel compelled to give, which of course we are in the business of doing is fundraising as well. Um, but we're really, we're really, um, we take care of, of the stories that are given to us. So I'm grateful. Uh, Will uh, Brawley from Schedule Fly, oh, he introduced sweet. us. Um, I listened to the show with you on his show. Uh, and you were talking about a hub and spoke model for nonprofits that I found fascinating. I'd love for you to share the hub and spoke and how what you've done in Atlanta will be kind of a roadmap into the future of, you know, how do we get more, more giving kitchen awareness out here on the West coast, you know, especially. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Well, a shout out to Will for sure. Right. He is like the sweetest man in the world and has been such a big advocate for us since we were able to, to meet. Um, So giving kitchen right now, as you've just said, is growing. We are a, we are becoming a national organization um, you know, we have headquarters. I have a hair in my face. We have headquarters here in Atlanta. Um, of course, we started inside Metro Atlanta, um, but we have kind of the largest portion of our saturation right now is what we say is in the southeast. That's where we put the majority of our marketing dollars, where we hire staff, Nashville, Tennessee, Charlotte, North Carolina, of course, here in, in Atlanta. It's a lot of where we have the most engagement as well. So um at the end of last year, we did a um, kind of a, a growth model trajectory, and we um, did some reorganization with our governing board. We now have a national governing board with influence in Minneapolis, in Chicago, in Nashville, and Louisville, in Atlanta. Uh, we build a national um, con- uh, national advisory uh, council as well with influence all over the country and in the southeast, kind of more heavily today. And then we also have built community engagement councils. So these are groups of people who are the loudest champions for Giving Kitchen. They help share our story. They help drive, you know, fundraising to events and things like that. Um, and those are in our key markets, top tiers today. That's Atlanta, Charlotte, and Nashville. Um, from a hub and spoke perspective, what we mean is instead of opening up a branch of Giving Kitchen in Chicago or Denver or Houston or LA um, or San Francisco, we it's just one Giving Kitchen. And yeah. I it's the easiest story to tell, right? We are giving, we help food service workers, no matter where we have outlets, the community can support, the community can share, the community can drive us for help. So that's kind of what we're looking to do. It's really, it's interesting from a technology standpoint, a storytelling standpoint, we've never been more connected in our ability to impact. I mean, just for me doing this show and being able to have people in hospitality from all over the globe, just because we're willing to know that I'm not the only restaurant owner on earth that has these questions about technology, these questions Mm -hmm. about leadership, about business, about finance, about marketing, about branding. I, I, we're yearning for it. You know, we're yearning for those connections and those stories. And if we're strategic in who we partner with, um, there's really so much opportunity for Mm -hmm. the impact side. 
you know, because I, I look at the stuff that you're doing with the Dine with Gratitude campaign. Can yeah. you can you share a little bit more for, for those that don't know about what you do? Because I, I love I, it's funny because I, I found out the first time before Sean Paolini, who's on your team, reached out to me on LinkedIn and sent me a beautiful giving kitchen unboxing, which I, I put I made an unboxing video. I was very grateful. That's awesome. Even I saw before, it. It was great. Even before that, uh, Brendan Sweeney, who's the yeah. CEO of Pop Menu, we do a lot of work with Pop Menu. We love those guys. They absolutely do a phenomenal job helping restaurants with websites, online ordering. But I saw on their social media page, the dine with gratitude and how much love they were giving to given giving kitchen. And that was the first time awareness, you know, it's like, where do we see these different touch points of, I believe in this technology, they're doing something cool. What are they doing now that leads to us here having a conversation? Can you kind of talk about that, that ecosystem of, of partnership network and storytelling network? Uh, absolutely. A, you mentioned, obviously, again, Will and now saying Pot Menu. I mean, the, the Pot Menu is a wonderful partner of Giving Kitchen. They have really stepped above and beyond to help us truly from like a e- e- inside market event to just being able to help storytell. I think it's phenomenal. But it's a lot about that that monkey sphere and kind of that ripple. And that kind of goes back to our origin. You know, you, you help one, but helping one has really trickled into this multitude, right? Thousands and thousands more. Dining with Gratitude has been an exceptional opportunity for us to not only what Dining with Gratitude is, is an awareness campaign and a fundraising campaign, um, but it is all centered around our restaurants around the country. So we have turned it into a national campaign with participation with from restaurants all over the country. Um, this was something for us that we label as um, a campaign that happens throughout the month of October restaurants on board. And what we ask them to do is to share Giving Kitchen with their employees, because what this really is, is, um, you know, restaurant owners and management being able to say, I care about you and this resource that's available to you. So let's talk about what this is. Um, So really educating their staff and their community. Um, We ask $1,000 per restaurant to do a percentage of sales or to write a donation or to ask their community to, you know, help fundraise through a fundraising platform that we help set up. All that to say, this was the first time, and it ended yesterday, uh, that we've ever done this as a national campaign. Um, And I'm very proud to say we had a new board member, Andrew Zemrim, celebrity chef, uh, TV personality, and, and amazing advocate for Giving Kitchen. He's our Dining with Gratitude chair, along with Jamie Hyder, who's a dear friend of ours out of New York. And together with a large committee, we were able to onboard to over 27% of the United States um, wow. to with Dining with Gratitude. It was fantastic. Um, and gosh, I think it was 162, I might be slightly wrong, there might be 172 um, uh, participating restaurants from across the country to participate in that. When you think about that, when we're, again, we're so everything's so heavy influenced right now in the Southeast, but we are really building um, that storytelling and awareness across the country and just look at a heat map and see all of these pings of all over people just saying, hey, this is this is for me. I, I want to raise my hand and say, I want to support myself. That's the really cool coming back to center moment, I think. For Do you have any participating in San Diego? I don't know off the top of my head, but I know we did in California. In Southern California, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Can I raise my hand for next year? Yes, please. Okay. 
I got you on camera saying it. Got Perfect. it on camera. Cali <laughs> Barbecue. We're in. Not only are we in, but we're going to go recruit some other restaurateurs in Southern California. And anybody that listens to the show, we're fortunate that we have people all over the country that uh, that listen Thank to you. the show. So if you're inspired we, by what they're doing, please raise your hand and uh, and let them know that you guys are in for uh, Dine with Gratitude in October of 2024. Thank you. And it, what's really special about too, that too is that we also had above and beyond that there was other restaurants who wanted to do one-off events. And so there yeah. was one hosted in LA, there was one hosted in New Orleans, in New York. So just other examples of people just saying, I this matters to me and this is how I want to support. Can you tell us the Andrew Zimmern story? Oh gosh. He's incredibly uh, transparent, which I love because this, this <laughs> man has so many stories um, that it will bring you to tears. He's an incredibly trustworthy individual. He can be friends with basically anyone. He will shoot you straight, and he is a powerful voice for food service workers. How did he find you? I met Andrew, I think, in 2016 at a food and wine event. He um, moderated a panel that I was invited to speak on, and that was in 2016 when Giving Kitchen was still a very a baby inside Georgia. Um, but he just stayed really consistent and eager to learn about us and, and to keep up on what we're doing. Um, and then Giving Kitchen was honored with the James Beard um, Humanitarian of the Year Award in 2019. And so that was an opportunity for us just to be, again, on, on a slightly national perspective. Um, and we, again, we just have stayed friends ever since. And he, when Giving Kitchen was big enough, um, I think he, he, he's always been ready. We've never been ready for him, but now's the opportunity and he's, he's a wonderful advocate for us. You mentioned in the beginning that you're not the CEO, you're the founder, you're the storyteller, you're the marketer, you're responsible for brand. Tell, bring me inside of that. I mean, it, it's it's something that it seems obvious that people should care about what they do and be inspired with what they wake up every morning doing, but you don't get those opportunities to speak on a panel unless you're doing the work, you know, on a daily basis to get into a position where someone feels you're worthy to share your voice, share your story. And that leads to all of these other things like this didn't happen overnight where you are today and what will happen in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, you know, you'll look back and we'll all look back and hopefully giving kitchen is it's a global thing mm -hmm. where there's food service workers all over the globe and every village that we go to and people need help. And what you're okay. doing is, is very important work. Well, that's kind to say, you know, I, I, I will say this, I had, um, Everybody has an opportunity to make a choice. Um, I had an opportunity to walk away from doing this work, um, but that wasn't what I chose. I I felt convicted and impassioned by sharing a personal story about someone I loved and cared for deeply. And when I talk about him, his legacy, and what that is doing for thousands of people, um, it's 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 an honor. Um, and it's also, it's very, very fulfilling at the end of the day. He would be so proud of this. I know that. Um, I think the greatest things though, is that Giving Kitchen story, I have my own Giving Kitchen story. I have my own personal story, but so do you now. Yeah. And so does everybody else who's ever been touched by food service, right? We've either worked in food service, we'll go out to eat this week, most Americans, or we have somebody we love who works in food service under our roof or next door. It's just, it's that common. 
Um, and while I share a personally driven story and it's heavily influenced by our origin and a lot about our future, because I'm obviously very involved with our, I am on staff, um, everybody has their own Giving Kitchen story. And I think that's really the magic of what makes this agency so special, um, but more importantly, what makes this industry just so unique and special. What What are you excited for in 2024? What's What's to come? Yes. Um, I think what's to come is a lot. We have lofty goals. I think I alluded to that a little earlier. We know with the work that we're doing, um, all of the enhancements and upgrades and capacity building, people hiring, all of the things that we've done over the last 18 months, two years is going to um, help propel us to where we really are going. We have lofty goals of being able to help 20,000 food service workers annually by 2026 we're coming close, um, and 100,000 food service workers annually by 2030. Wow. We've got a lot of work to do. That does mean we, we, we're raising our hands. We need help. If you're interested in donating $5, $150, we have recurring giving programs. You can, we have an end of year campaign that we're about to, you know, launch. Um, there's fundraising opportunities all throughout the year through events and otherwise, um, more importantly is making sure that food service workers, uh, know that we are a resource. And I think that's one of the biggest goals is that we need hundreds of thousands of food service workers to know that we are a resource. So we need the community to help push that message. How can we work with a lot of restaurant technology companies that mm -hmm. we believe in that do incredible work companies like toast restaurant 365, like I said, pop menu, pop menu is already in. How do I, how do I convince the people at toast and restaurant 365 and seven shifts and ovation and marquee and all of these incredible partners that we have, how can I share with them the work that you guys are doing? Well, hopefully you'll share this podcast that we just did together. I will, 100%. I will, <laughs> I tag, them. And I I will tag them in it. They will know. <laughs> they know amazing. me. <laughs> they I, know I mean, that honest... I'm not shy with sharing. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, when you meet the right people, you just, you know. I And honestly, yeah. many of the names you just named, we are familiar with. Okay. Um, but I, I do think that that's key. You know, we are we are here for everybody. It does not matter the color of your skin, where you work. If you work in a kitchen, you are a part of this community, period. Yep. We will help any food service worker in the country yep. and we will help them in an exceptional format. We will help them with compassion and care. They can talk to a case manager if they need to. We will do it efficiently, effectively, and quickly to make sure that they can make sure that they can, again, put food in the refrigerator and keep that water running. Um, so sharing um, social, we're at Giving Kitchen, of course, sharing our mission with what we do when you're out to eat with your next door neighbor, share forward our, you know, fundraising campaigns far and wide. That's how we need help. Are you creating content on the internet? I am, but we also have a marketing team who's exceptional okay, at their job. Good. Well, you, your marketing <laughs> team does do a phenomenal job. They've already tagged me in threads, tagged me on TikTok, tagged me on Instagram. There you go. Shout out to whoever's running social because uh, they're, they're, they're doing the work. They're doing the good that's work. Awesome. That's awesome. I think so too. We have an incredible well, team. Well, anybody that's listening to this show, um, we want to hear from you. Your story matters. So uh, send me a message on Instagram at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. We have a digital hospitality community that meets on LinkedIn Audio every Wednesday and Clubhouse every Friday. It's a chance for you to be on the podcast to come and meet the community. we got people all over the globe that join us. Um, you can be in technology, sales, marketing, branding. Um, like I said, everyone's in the hospitality space. Uh, Jen, I'm so grateful 
grateful for this time. How can people reach out to you? Go to the website. How can they uh, su support Giving Kitchen and definitely sign up for uh, Dine with Gratitude? When does that, when, when can they officially, when can restaurants officially sign up for that? For 2024 today, you literally, we're hey, talking on November 1st of 2023. See? That means you can yeah. start today. <laughs> Perfect. Am I the first one besides yes. the people that are recurring? I'm the first I, one. I think, I think I'm going to take you as the okay, official perfect. first for 2024. Fair enough. That's, that's fair enough. Um, Jen, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's Giving Kitchen. Uh, if there's anything we can do, please keep in touch. Um, I know the marketing team will all, will always be tagging each other, sharing, but uh, we look forward to to doing Dine with Gratitude next year and, and helping in however way we can with partnerships and other restaurants and anything else. Thank, Thank you. you for the work that you're doing. Oh, my pleasure. It was, a, a, I was thrilled to be able to do this with you today and I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And we will catch you guys all next week.